Yeah, the, the the piece of advice I would give is, you know, perseverance, but knowing when to pivot. So the first thing, you know, perseverance being, um, it's easy to see in this day and age and, you know, technology and uh, YouTube or whatever else. Uh, if, you, if you watch that, there's so many entrepreneurs that are like, hey, I started this new business and I was a millionaire in three months and it was awesome and it's so easy and you can do it too. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's going to happen to like a very small, small percentage of people, but it, it takes a, it takes a long time to, you know, get to the point I am right now where I feel like I've achieved some type of success. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, uh, Uche Orkoraha, and uh, Uche uh, started his uh, journey in uh, high school with, as an entrepreneurial or, or liking to do entrepreneurial things and uh, did a business competition in high school, uh, made it to nationals in the competition, and uh, from there started a business uh, doing uh, websites and internet marketing, then uh, went off to college and uh, studied uh, hotel and uh, restaurant management, went to law school, and then after that uh, went into corporate law for a couple of years. Moved over into uh, tax law after that, and then got started on his own uh, doing R&D uh, tax credits as a, as a consulting firm, and then uh, also started to hear a lot about AI, and uh, so looked to, or to combine the, the, the current firm and uh, uh, with, uh, with the AI, and uh, has, has led to what he's doing now. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, UJ. Yeah, thanks for having me, Devin. Great to be here. Hey, excited to have you here. So... So I just gave a, a quick walkthrough to a, a much longer journey. So why don't, uh, rewind, why don't we rewind and unpack a little bit and tell us a little bit about uh, how your journey got started in high school uh, doing business competitions. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I feel like it's in my blood. Uh, both of my parents are entrepreneurs as well, own their own businesses. So, you know, really they instilled that uh, mentality into me. And uh, I remember it was in it was in high school and uh, there's a marketing association called DECA. And uh, with DECA, you can do different types of uh, business competitions. And um, one of those competitions, it was called uh, e-commerce business plan, the e-commerce business plan event. Uh, so I was very interested in that time at, you know, uh, designing websites and web programming and things like that. So mm. I decided to create a business plan and uh, join this e-commerce business plan event in DECA. And really, that was my first exposure to, you know, taking a concept or, you know, something that I was good at, something that I was interested in, and uh, transferring that into a business plan and then going on to compete in, in DECA. That was my first start into it. So now, so you just said, okay, have the interest, want to try it out. You, you know, did the business plan. You competed in DECA, um, and then you go on. I think you went to nationals and uh, competed there. From there, did, or ended up building a, or building it out into a, an actual business and doing that during high school or college, or kind of walk us through a little bit of that. 
Yeah, so that was my uh, senior year of uh, high school. And what happened is, you know, I, I won first place in local competition. I won first place in state competition. And then I went all the way to nationals uh, that was hosted in Orlando. And unfortunately, I lost uh, at that point in time. But I was like, hey, you know what? I may have lost this competition, but I have a real business plan here. I can just go and start the business. Um, you know, so that's what I did. Um, at the uh, senior year of high school, going into uh, undergrad, I just took that business plan and, you know, I worked on, you know, my website and I worked on marketing and I went ahead and I actually uh, got that business launched. Now you launched the business and, uh, you know, first air uh, entree, you know, into kind of running your business and doing that and kudos to doing that uh, while you're still in school and uh, taking that advantage of that uh, time. So now while you're doing that, you go off to college and, you know, you, it sounds like you shifted gears a bit. You went into hotel and restaurant management. So kind of what uh, what led you in that direction? Yeah. And, you know, from uh, my, my business to, you know, my undergraduate degree to, you know, my postgraduate degree, it kind of sounds like I'm all over the place, you know, right? But I, I do have a, a lot of varied interests. But basically, at the heart of all of those uh, interests is entrepreneurship. So I went into undergrad. And the first thing that I wanted to do is go into business. Um, I went to undergrad at University of Houston. Uh, you know, of course, they have the, the Bauer School of Business there, uh, you know, very, very nice school. They do have their entrepreneurship program there, um, you know, but the entrepreneurship program there was uh, pretty new, um, you know, at, at that point in time. And I did have a class uh, with one of my friends and she was explaining to me, hey, you know, it depends on what you're interested in starting, you know, uh, later on in life. Now, I did like uh, the hospitality industry. I always thought it would be fun later in life to own, you know, a bar, lounge, you know, restaurant uh, type of organization. And then also in the back of my head, I was thinking, mm, you know, I'm planning on going to law school. I have a pretty good idea that I want to go to law school. So, you know, my undergraduate degree won't matter as much. So I thought I would go into something that I was interested in, uh, you know, which was uh, hotel and restaurant management. And, um, you know, U of H at that point in time had the highest ranked hotel and restaurant management program in the nation. So it solved a bunch of different things for me. Um, you know, number one, it's still tied into a business that, you know, even still at this point in time, you know, at some point in time, I'd love to open up that bar lounge uh, restaurant. It was a good, highly ranked program. So if I decided not to go to law school, I know that I would be immediately uh, employable. And then it did just set the baseline for me to do uh, what I want to do after that at that point in time. So now kind of having that entrepreneurial endeavor and also doing, you know, hotel and restaurant management, what was kind of the, the draw to law school or kind of what, you know, uh, pushed you in that direction? Was it, uh, you know, having a, a well-rounded understanding uh, to go into business or was it more lawyers watching all the TV shows and movies about lawyers and wanting to go change the world <laughs> or, or kind of what, what pushed you in that direction? Yeah, I, I don't think that I was necessarily one of the ones that was like, hey, I'm going to get this law degree and I'm going to change the world. And kudos, kudos to everybody, you know, that had that ideal going into, you know, law school, uh, very, very admirable. Um, it was just mostly a, a, an interest of mine. I've always been a very uh, analytical person. So uh, thinking back on it in high school, you know, I took this business law class and that was one of my favorite uh, classes. 
in high school. And then going into undergrad, you know, hotel and restaurant management, I took this hospitality law class. And, you know, that was one of my favorite classes in, um, you know, undergrad there. So really where my interests uh, lied there and the, the classes I was taking and, you know, just how I, I thought there, you know, I thought that law school and being a, a lawyer would be, you know, a fun uh, experience and it would be a worthwhile career to get into. So now you go do that and hey, it's, you know, I, I, I'm a, a, an attorney and I know a lot of attorneys that uh, love the law and do it on a regular basis and others that get into it and decide it's not for them. And so go to law school, get the degree, have the undergraduate, have the entrepreneurial, uh, you know, in, or bent or endeavors. Now you come out of school and then you go into, uh, you know, I think you went to, to work for a, a firm in a couple different areas of law, but maybe walk us through a little bit of that uh, phase of the journey. Yeah, so it was uh, corporate law. I went in-house at an insurance company. Uh, you know, so I did that for a couple of years and, you know, basically just making sure that everything was right uh, with all of our clients, all of our insurance, uh, you know, making sure that when they're contracting with other companies, one, are they managing their risk properly uh, contractually? And if they were not working with those business owners to uh, renegotiate those contracts, redline those contracts, get that changed to where they had the appropriate risk in those contracts. And then the risks that they were taking on, those would be able to be insured by our company. So that's what I was doing, uh, you know, for a couple of years there, uh, straight out of undergrad before I made uh, my transition into my next uh, industry. And kind of, and walk, or continue on, walk through, what was that transition and kind of, you know, you did that for a couple of years, but what prompted you to, you know, or change a bit in, in direction or otherwise uh, do something else? Yeah, really, I, I was happy with what I was doing, uh, you know, in terms of uh, corporate law and uh, the, the work that I was doing there. But really, I felt like I just hit like, you know, a roadblock where I felt like I wasn't um, improving at all. I wasn't, you know, learning anything new. I wasn't advancing, you know, as quickly as I would have wanted to. And then, uh, you know, also having that feeling about my career at that point in time, like saying, oh, this is great, but there's got to be something more. There's, you know, got to be something different that I could be doing. Having that feeling and then also being in D.C., you know, where I went to law school, away from all of my friends and family that were back in Houston, I was thinking, if this is not absolutely what I want to do and I wake up every day and I'm just excited about it and I'm learning so much, then why am I over here away from everybody else that I care about? So I'm like, is there a way that I could find something that's going to serve two purposes. One, something that I'm a little bit more excited about. And two, something that will allow me to come back to, to Houston, be closer you know, to all of my friends and my family there. So that's kind of what spurred it on there. So at that point in time, my brother was working for a uh, tax consulting firm in Houston. And he said, hey, if you want to come back to Houston, number one, you know, the work is really interesting. The work is really uh, exciting. It's really fulfilling. And uh, with your background and your experience, they'll definitely give you a job offer here. And then number two, obviously, you're back in Houston. Uh, you know, you're with me, our parents, our family here. So it'll serve both of those options for you. And uh, that's really what convinced me to go and uh, get into tax at that point in time. Awesome. No, it makes sense. So you, so you have that opportunity. You, you shift that gear and say, okay, 
you know, gives you an opportunity to kind of work with the, the businesses, practice a bit more of the area of law, and you start to shift in that direction and uh, get a move yeah. back to their more close by family. So now you do all that. And then I think you are continued there. You got a bit more specialized or niche down to do kind of R&D tax credits with uh, with businesses or startups or small businesses or those getting going. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's correct. And it was a very, um, a big moment of awakening for me, you know, learning about the R&D tax credit, the research and development tax credit. I had never heard about it before, but, you know, it's really just kind of a strange concept. You know, businesses that are in certain industries get a tax credit for the government for doing the work that they're already doing, you know, keeping these technical jobs, you know, um, engineering, manufacturing, architecture, you know, keeping all of that within the U.S. instead of outsourcing it overseas, the government wants to incentivize that. So, you know, really what I found interesting was not only one, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the business because, you know, they're getting this money that they can reinvest back into their business to create more jobs. It's a win for the government because we're keeping all of those technical science-related jobs, uh, you know, within, within the U.S. there. But then also, I just found it very interesting, you know, going back from the to the entrepreneur aspect, because in doing these tax credits, I have to talk directly to these business owners and say, okay, how have you grown your business over time? What expenses have you put into that? What type of different projects have you worked on? So really, it was just a very fulfilling aspect of finding out the journey of all of these business owners. And then at the end of the day, being able to deliver this capital to them that is very you know, um, impactful uh, for their business as well. So I can feel good about what I'm doing and you know, also feel very uh, fulfilled in uh, carrying that out for people. Now it sounds like it was uh, a good uh, good uh, area to focus on and uh, provided uh, a lot of reward to it. So now, so you go through and you, you kind of make that, you, you know, focus down that niche and you get, it provides an opportunity maybe to provide a bit more guidance to businesses, work with those that are, you know, kind of of, of interest and it gives you a kind of an area to focus on. Now, I think if, as we talked a little bit before, you mentioned that, you know, as you're, do, as you're doing so, you're kind of now seeing the more and more growing prevalence of AI or machine learning and artificial intelligence and those kind of things entering more and more into a variety of industries, including, you know, the legal industry and that, and you, you look to mm -hmm. maybe to adjust or to evolve a kind of uh, your approach to, to doing things. So walk us through a little bit of that as well. Yeah. So when I left uh, that tax consulting firm, I actually went off and started my own uh, tax consulting firm. And I had that for uh, several years there, you know, doing uh, the R&D tax credit manually for, you know, all of our clients there. Uh, me and my business partner, uh, we formed a, a great team. Uh, we got a great response uh, for our clients. We had over a 95% sustention rate, clients coming back to us year over year, working with us uh, over time. And, you know, really just thinking about what we were doing there are a lot of bottlenecks with this process. It's a very complicated uh, you know, process there. It's very time consuming. It involves a, a lot of different people. It involves a lot of a legal, legal analysis um, you know, with Section 41 of the Internal Revenue Code, the most complicated and convoluted um, you know, a piece of uh, tax law there. And then also a lot of manual drafting of reports and different things like that. So 
I did start to hear a lot about, you know, AI and, you know, machine learning and, you know, uh, chat GPT and, you know, open AI and all of these other things. And, you know, I was hearing that AI is coming into these industries that have been, you know, very old school and, you know, very reliant on, you know, manual work, like, you know, for example, accounting and law and AI is coming in and it's helping people do, you know, certain tasks. It's helping people do, you know, legal analysis or document review. It's helping people, you know, with numbers and calculation and accounting and everything like that. So I just dove right into it and I went online and I said, hey, I'm going to find out everything that I can about AI and machine learning and technology. And I want to see if this is applicable to the business that I'm doing right now and all of my headaches and all of the bottlenecks with my business. And uh, that was the start of, you know, bridging my consulting firm, Paracor Consulting, and creating the company that I own and operate today, uh, Tax Robot. Now, you, you see, it makes sense. You go out, you start your consulting firm, you say, okay, you're going to go out on my own, be able to do the entrepreneur, you know, kind of uh, pursue that entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, then you, you know, also look to incorporate AI and how to make it more efficient and automatic and optimize it and make it, you know, better mm -hmm. experience all those things. And so you start, you know, the, the, the current business. Now, as you start mm -hmm. into that, walk us through, how, how has it gone? Is it taking off and money is raining down from the sky and more money than you know what to do with, <laughs> teetering on the verge of bankruptcy, never knowing where the next paycheck is going to come from, somewhere in the middle, or kind of, you know, walk us through a bit as to, to how that's yeah. gone. Yeah, so it, it always starts off pretty slow there because it is a new industry for us, even though we understand uh, the subject matter there, we still had to figure everything out. And developing software is not easy. You don't just, you know, go to a developer and say, hey, I want this um, product to do X, Y, and Z and send them on their way and, you know, they'll come back with a piece of software. It takes a lot of time, more time than I care to admit, uh, you know, sitting down and mapping out different things and doing a user experience and, you know, testing and, you know, doing bug fixes and, you know, iterating and, you know, doing um, interviews with clients and saying, hey, I'm going to put a real client on it now and ask them what they think about it and getting that feedback and then changing it. So, it took a while to even get the product off the ground to the point where we felt we were comfortable putting it in front of our actual clients. So we did that, um, you know, the first uh, full year of our launch, um, you know, it went uh, pretty well and we started to get feedback from our clients because, you know, granted we had a little bit of an, uh, what you call an unfair advantage. We were just able to take our existing consulting clients and transition them uh, into clients of this new business. So the feedback we were getting from our clients is, wow, this is, you know, so much better than that manual process that you're doing. We were comfortable with that process. We enjoyed it, but this is much better. It's a lot quicker. You know, the technology is very helpful for organizing things, streamlining the process, you know, getting that documentation there. So we said, okay, we're going to go all in on this. We are going to shut down our consulting firm and we are going to proceed as tax robot technology first, but then we also have, you know, those R&D tax credit specialists that are able to step in there and provide those quality control uh, reviews there. So started off a little bit slow, but then something interesting happened uh, earlier this year that very much accelerated the growth 
uh, of our company here. We started having, you know, other people reach out to us, um, you know, CPAs, um, you know, other uh, tax consultants, uh, you know, bookkeepers, whoever the case may be saying, hey, for a while, it's been the case in the industry that CPAs don't do this tax credit for their clients, unless they're like a big four consulting company and they have their own entire tax credit consulting department there. But they're saying our clients are increasingly coming to us and say, hey, I'm tired of this triangle where I come to you as my CPA. And then you say, okay, I'm your CPA, but go to this guy for your tax credits. And then I'm working with you and you're working with that guy. And then we're doing all of this. They're like, I just want to come to you and you do all of the work for me, including the R&D tax credit. The CPAs are like, hey, I don't know how to do this. I see that you have a software. Could I use the software to perform this service for my clients? And I said, uh, no, we don't. <laughs> this is just something we use internally for our own clients. But yeah, I guess I could do that. I could let you license the software so you could utilize that uh, with your clients. So that's what we started to do as well uh, with Tax Robot Agency. So now we have two different product lines. We can go directly with the business and work with them to do their tax credit. And we can have our agency model where anybody that wants to offer an R&D tax credit to their clients can pick up this piece of software. They can put the information from the clients that software generate the documents, and now you have an entirely new service line. And that's where it just started exploding for us this year. Um, we've been profitable, you know, all of the years, um, you know, that we started the business, you know, due to being able to take some of those clients uh, for our consulting company. Uh, but this year, uh, in particular, we particularly, we had uh, over 100% year-over-year growth. Um, you know, as far as revenue. So I'm uh, pretty happy, pretty excited at the opportunity that we have in front of us right now. That's awesome. Sounds like it's uh, been a, a great opportunity to, to grow and expand and uh, take it into new areas and uh, take advantage of a, a new a new approach and a new way to, to tackle the industry. So definitely excited. Or sound like you found uh, some great ways to success on that. So absolutely. Now, as we've kind of reached the, the present day of the journey, um, it's always a great time to transition to the two questions I always like to ask towards the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always like to ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what'd you learn from it? Oh, the worst business decision uh, we've ever made there. Um, you know, that's a tough one because there's a, <laughs> at, at, when you're, when you're going through a business, there's a, there's a lot of uh, bad uh, business decisions you can make and, uh, you know, learning from that. And I think, um, you know, the business, the biggest one there is choosing who you're going to, to work with, uh, especially if you're working with, uh, you know, employees, uh, contractors, uh, vendors, you know, whatever the case may be, I would say, uh, vetting out, uh, you know, those individuals uh, properly and making sure you're not just prioritized. Hey, I'm going to go with whoever is the lowest cost. You know, I'm just worried about my bottom line here. I'm going to go with the person that's the lowest cost. I would say making sure that uh, the person's uh, skill set uh, and their pricing are taken into consideration, uh, you know, when making those decisions. And I think early on uh, in our journey, especially with developing the software. Uh, we went with a company that we thought had a pretty good reputation, um, but mostly we were um, you know, very excited about the cost uh, that they could provide us as far as the development. And uh, we quickly had to pivot 
and uh, find uh, a different developer to work with because that first relationship didn't work out. Whereas, you know, I wish we spent a little bit more time vetting out uh, some more different developers and, you know, um, computer engineers, uh, software engineers there uh, before we got started. So I would say that's the, that's the biggest one that we ran into. Well, uh, definitely sounds like, you know, it's one of those where, you know, some it's hard to judge a party sometimes by the reputation, you know, how do you know what, what the work will be, what's the cost, you know, what is a, what, you know, when you get a good deal versus when you should pay a little bit extra and all those betting things and always an area to, to, mm -hmm. make, a, uh, to make mistakes, but also a great one to learn from. So it definitely sounds like a, a good one to learn from on your end. Second question now that I like to ask is, so now if you're talking to somebody that's uh, just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Yeah, the, the, the piece of advice I would give is, you know, perseverance, but knowing when to pivot. So the first thing, you know, perseverance being, um, it's easy to see in this day and age and, you know, technology and uh, YouTube or whatever else. Uh, if, if you watch that, there's so many entrepreneurs that are like, hey, I started this new business and I was a millionaire in three months and it was awesome and it's so easy and you can do it too. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's going to happen to like a very small, small percentage of people, but it, it takes a, it takes a long time to, you know, get to the point I am right now where I feel like I've achieved some type of success, uh, you know, in my business currently, I started in, you know, 2017, you know, so it's been seven years, you know, going on seven years here of just consistent, you know, working in the business and building up and, you know, pivoting, even pivoting from consulting, you know, to technology. That was a completely uh, new path that I went on. So number one, persistence. Keep on putting in the work. Keep on educating yourself. Keep on getting better. Uh, keep on talking to clients. Keep on getting feedback about your idea and your services and your product. But then also pivot. Knowing when something is not going to work. Knowing when the market does not want your product or your services or they're not ready for it. Knowing when to tweak something about your approach, whether it's your, you know, your business offerings, whether it's, you know, how you market, how you're, you know, working with customers. Don't set down a path and then just put your blinders on and think that you don't ever need to change or you don't need to improve. So that's my biggest point of advice, perseverance and uh, knowing when to pivot. No, it definitely sounds like a great piece of advice and a great uh, takeaway. So awesome. Well, with that, uh, now as we uh, are reaching towards the end of the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, you can go to our website and get more information. Uh, that's going to be taxrobot.com. Uh, or you can shoot me an email, Uche, U-C-H-E, at taxrobot.ai, and uh, you'll get me directly there. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, make a new connection, support a great business, and if nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Uche, for uh, coming on the podcast. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you the listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So let's go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe leave us a review helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success 
And on that note, if along your journey, you ever need help with patents or trademarks or anything else with your startup or your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Uche, for uh, coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. I appreciate it.